Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 76, where we're discussing G. Yeon from season 4 of Lost. I'm sorry. I had to stop you. Any way I could. It wasn't your place to stop us. I know you don't trust me. But you need to get off this island. We all do. You want to leave? More than anything. I don't know if that boat out there is the answer or not, but it's something. I need to go home. So do you. Son... In about three weeks, you'll be in an almost constant state of nausea. A week after that, you will experience shortness of breath that won't go away. A week after that, you will lose consciousness and slip into a coma. And then, son, you will die. And when your heart stops beating, so will the babies. And that son is why it is my business because you are my patient if you go you will die and your baby will never be born hello everyone and welcome to episode 76 of the lost mystery podcast with anton and evan i'm evan and i'm anton and we are discussing G. Yeon, I think that's how you say it, from season four of Lost, a Sun and Jen centric episode. And this was, I remember this one really well, like all the talk about it afterwards mm-hmm. and everything else. And of course, it's pretty clear why. So let's jump into this bad boy. Okay. Um, the first section I have is on the freighter and everything that happens there. Okay. Um, Lapidus goes inside, you know, the ship and sees Regina, you know, who we've heard from earlier several times. And uh, she's acting really strange, and she's reading a book, or at least pretending to read a book. Um, did that make any sense to you, that whole scene there? Uh, no, like, not really at all. I mean, just, it just, uh, like, she, for whatever reason, why she wasn't reading the book correctly, it was upside down. I was trying to think, like, why, you know, why that would be significant, unless she was supposed to be reading it, you know, like... So my mm-hmm. mate told her, sit there and read this book, and if you don't read this book, you know, da da da. Because, I mean, why would she even bother holding the book? Again, yeah, you know, that was really. I mean, it's really confusing to me why she was sitting there with a book upside down. Yeah, it's like she was pre- try, pretending to do something that she was supposed to be doing or right. something. Mm-hmm. And but I don't know if it has something to do with the whole cabin fever thing that we hear about later on, right? Or if if there's something else here. But that's really yeah. confused me for a long time. Maybe that's what they had suggested her do, you know, is like, you know, read a book, you know, sit there and, you know, escape, escape from reality a little bit. But, you know, she had it upside down. Obviously, she wasn't she wasn't listening to their their uh, advice. So, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, Lapidus goes in and talks to Saeed and Desmond. And Lapidus tells them that they're being held because the captain wasn't happy about them busting out of the sick bay and into the radio room. So Saeed tells him that they didn't bust out, that the door was open for them. Right. So Lapidus wasn't the friend on the boat that Minkowski referred to in the last episode, who, who basically 
open the door and let him out. Mm -hmm. So later, a note is pushed under the door, and uh, Saeed makes mention of Ben's spy on the boat. And uh, they look at the note, and it says, don't trust the captain. And later, the doctor comes in and tells them, you know, the captain wants to see them. As they're on the deck of the ship, Regina, you know, wrapped in this huge chain, jumps over the side of the ship. Mm-hmm. And the captain comes out and says it's over and she's gone. He says that some of his crew have been experiencing what might be described as a heightened case of cabin fever. And I'd love to know what you think about this whole cabin fever situation. Oh, man. Um, you know, obviously... Um the heightened, you know, like I'm thinking of cabin fever, just you basically going insane from being on something. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, it's thinking like you, you kind of hear this stuff happening with people in the, the Navy and things like that. They'll be on a, a boat for so long that it, and they can't know they can't get off. Even mm-hmm. though the, the boat may be huge, they're still stuck. Right. You know, and they kind of start going a little bit insane, you mm-hmm. know. And he does say that he thinks it has something to do with the close proximity mm-hmm. to the island, though. Right. Exactly. I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, um, obviously they, the closer they get to this Island, um, th- the more they, I don't know, I, like he said is a heightened state, but I don't know what that, I don't know if that means that they, uh, want to get off and get on that Island. Like something about them is drawn to that Island, you know, like, you know, they're like, they have a, an urge to, to go or, or to leave. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it seems like whatever it is, they're stuck on this place that they're not on this boat that they don't want to be on and they'll do anything to get off of it. And even that means yeah. jumping off and killing yourself. Right. And I think it's so interesting though, that like, it kind of seems like they're leading us down this path of these people on this freighter are getting close to the Island. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there are these weird psychological issues yeah, that are definitely. happening to them. It's just definitely. kind of this eerie thing. Oh yeah. And we haven't seen any of this kind of stuff on the Island. So it's weird that it would happen close to the Island. Yeah but not on the island. Yeah, it's like uh, they're almost uh, they're stuck in between, uh-huh. you know, and this right. is and this is kind of the consequences of being in between, like, you know, reality and this, wherever this other place is, uh-huh. this kind of time place. It's kind of pulling them back and forth and yeah. messing with their, their, their mind, you know. Right, and this is where, like, our conversations are going to start to get really interesting because we're talking about more and more stuff that I have no more of a clue than you do. Oh, wow. Well, and okay. I have no clue what this is all about. I have no clue why <laughs> they freak out when they get close to the island. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be real fun to talk about this right stuff on. as we go on. So uh, he says they've tried to turn around, but they have a saboteur on board, and he's done a heck of a job on his engines. He then tells them that the boat belongs to Charles Widmore, which I think we had pretty much already figured out anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But nonetheless, interesting to know for sure. Um, One thing that I kind of took a note of is Frank, obviously, uh, I'll call him Frank. I think it's the pilot's name. Uh Um, He's come when in the beginning, the opening scene, he's flying back in from somewhere, you know, so there's Uh an ability to leave this boat. Right. You know, so like if somebody's got cabin fever, Take him off the boat. Right. Take well, him somewhere. Course, I think he was probably on the helicopter. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, like, he was took the helicopter somewhere. He came back with okay. a bag of food. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, if I got you on this boat and you're you're about to, you know, kill yourself because for whatever reason, you know, I mean, I could I could go and take you wherever I'm going, you know, but, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, Frank's allowed to leave, but nobody else can, it seems like. Right. I don't know. I mean... I don't know if it's just because Frank's job on that boat is to fly the helicopter and therefore he's allowed certain things that other people aren't. And the other people, their job is there on the ship 
Yeah. So they can't really go anywhere. But I don't know how good you would be to me if you were freaking, you know, yeah. like going crazy. That's true. Yeah. And, and then also, where's Frank going? Is mm-hmm. he going like like to like Fiji? No, see, that's the thing. I didn't pick up on him coming back from anywhere. I guess the the episode started out. Did he get out of the helicopter? Yeah, because remember the the opening scene is you see the freighter in a distance and like uh-huh. the helicopter flying in. And then Frank is walking away from the helicopter. He lands it and is walking okay. away from it. And then he has that bag of, like, um, we later find out, beans. Oh, okay, okay, his. okay. So, yeah, I have no clue where he was coming from. But, yeah, it's like, for some reason, he flew somewhere and came back with food. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so it's like, if he went back to Fiji or wherever it was they're closest to or to the right. island, mm-hmm. um, he at least has the ability to go somewhere, you know? I mean, right. and I don't think he's going on to like the island and finding like beans, you know, and, and because they weren't Dharma beans, they were regular beans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so he's obviously going, he's got, he's going somewhere to make a connection with someone um, for this exchange at least. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, I just found that a little bit inter- interesting that there is a way out still, but there's there's remaining, even though they're getting closer and closer to Island and things are happening, they refuse to leave the boat. That's a great point. I I totally didn't pick up on the fact that he was coming back to the ship from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff there. So he takes them inside and shows them the black box from Oceanic 15. Let's listen to that scene. Okay. Do either of you know what this is? It's a flight data recorder, otherwise known as a black box. That's exactly what it is. Now, here's the funny thing. This black box comes from Oceanic Flight 815. A salvage vessel recovered it from the bottom of the ocean. It took a considerable amount of Mr. Widmore's resources to procure it. It was found with the wreckage of the plane, along with all 324 dead passengers. That's not the complete story, as you were well aware, Mr. Gerard, given the fact that you're standing here, breathing. The wreckage was obviously staged. Now, can you imagine what kind of resources and manpower go into pulling off a feat of that magnitude? Faking the recovery of a plane crash putting 324 families through a grieving process based on a lie. But what's even more disturbing, where exactly does one come across 324 dead bodies? And that, Mr. Girard, Mr. Hugh, is just one of the many reasons we want Benjamin Linus. So we find out that the black box was recovered from the bottom of the ocean at Widmore's expense. Mm-hmm. So they're painting a picture here of Widmore funding this research to get this black box off the bottom of right. the ocean. Right. And uh, he says it was found with 324 dead passengers on the plane. Um, he talks about the resources it would take to pull off the staging of an accident that huge, putting 324 families through the grieving process, all based on a lie. Mm-hmm. And he asks, you know, where does one come across 324 dead bodies? Right. Which is, of course, kind of the big, um, the thing that makes that this whole thing most unbelievable is if you're going to stage this crash, where in the world are you going to get 324 dead bodies? Yeah, yeah. You know, to put them in there. 
And so, yeah, and and this is how where we find out that it was been that um, per uh, per the captain's um, a conversation that Ben's the one that staged the whole thing. From what I gathered right. from it, is that Ben? It was, yeah, he's he's basically saying they're looking for Ben because Ben's the one that staged the whole accident. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like they're saying Ben staged it. But Widmore funded the research to go in and and get the exactly. stuff that was planted down there. Yeah, yeah. And then they find out from the black box that it probably would that it wasn't that flight, oceanic flight. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, obviously when they gather the information from right. it, it wasn't. And he knows who Saeed is. He realizes that Saeed was on the plane too, yeah. which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. So yeah, I mean, it, just very cool. They're finally they're giving us a few answers. This mm-hmm. you know the whole Widmore is obviously becoming a bigger and bigger part of things and the mystery of the show. Yeah, and uh, it's very cool to get a few answers there, even if they're little ones. Yeah, and um, what was interesting too is that the uh, the captain. Uh, this is when the captain's talking to Saeed and Desmond, right? Right. Uh, last thing. Yeah, that that. Uh, whenever he says, you know, I'm, we're out here as Charles Widmore, um, that Desmond kind of looks at him and says something, you know, and then, uh, you know, like, what? Wid- uh, Charles Widmore? Uh, to, yeah, he says something about Charles Widmore. And then he goes, that's yeah. right, you know him. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, so right. it's kind of weird because, I mean, Desmond had nothing to do with the flight or anything, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, no doubt. How weird is it that, you know, Charles Widmore is kind of the center of all this. Mm-hmm. Desmond just happens to know him, even though he had nothing to do with that flight. But also makes me know that Widmore knew that he'd be on that island. Mm-hmm. You know, right? You know, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's. We kind of talked about that before. Is you know, Widmore just happened to send you exactly. know, him on this race around the world, right? And uh, yeah, so yeah. So the doctor takes Saeed and Desmond to a new room, and inside there's still a blood stain on the wall, apparently Mm -hmm. the result of cabin fever on somebody else. Right. And uh, the doctor calls for Johnson, a man with a mop down the hall, to come and clean up the room. He comes closer, and as he gets there, we can see that it's Michael. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to know what the heck you thought of that. <laughs> it was it was crazy. We had talked about like who it could be, and and uh-huh. I, I really never even thought about it being Michael. I just I don't know why. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense why he now Ben would have said, you you know you're gonna want to sit down. You know. Yeah. Now obviously you've already seen me, Kevin Johnson, the next episode, uh-huh. but I want to know I want to know what what your thoughts were as to exactly why Michael would be on this boat, what circumstances could have possibly led him to be there. Um, I, I thought that he was, um, coming, coming back Mm -hmm. to, to help them get off the Island. Right. You know, like this was, um, when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, okay. This is his like, um, a way of coming back to help them. You know, I mean, uh, he didn't leave on the best of terms. And I, and, and I thought, you know, I was like, well, Michael said he would come back, you know, mm-hmm. or he would get help, you know. Right. And I was like, this is the way he's gonna do it. I mean, uh, something or another has kept him from getting like help from like uh, the outside world. But so he's coming back to help them get off this island, and that's all I could come up okay. with. Right now, what freaked me out when I saw it the first time was that he acted like he didn't really know who they were at all, and um, I was just really wanted to know. It was like this, like somebody who looked like Michael that wasn't Michael was Michael brainwashed and had no clue who these mm. people were. 
or was he did, did he just have a really good poker face you know was, see and i took it as the third i, I took it as he yeah. was he was totally just playing it off and then saeed jumps right in and and so does desmond with the whole like playing it off thing yeah you know they're like i'm you know i'm saeed and you know and i was like uh-huh. <laughs> so they're, they're they're probably yeah. itching to find out why he's on there but uh-huh. uh they do a good job of kind of just playing it off yeah, I thought it was great how they just go through the whole, you know, introductions and the handshaking yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, just knowing that the history that, you know, Saeed mostly, I guess, has with Michael. Mm-hmm. And knowing what he did and all this stuff. And oh, yeah. It was just awesome. So in Jack's group, on the beach, you know, Son and Jen are talking about baby names, or at least Jen is. Son is superstitious and doesn't really want to talk about baby names mm-hmm. so soon. Now, did you... Do you think this is mostly due to like the her, the whole issue of her not knowing whether or not she's gonna live, you know, mm-hmm. past the you know past the island because she knows if she's still on the island when she has the baby, that she's gonna be dead. I I it's kind of what I read into it was like you know if if say they talk about names it makes it that much harder mm-hmm. whenever these things come to you know pass you know and, right and so that's kind of why I, you know it's like. Yeah, it, it'd be awful to lose your, your wife and your unborn child. But mm-hmm. if you lose your wife and you've already named your child, it's like yeah. it kind of puts a whole different emphasis right. you know, or, or, or feeling to it. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think so, too. I don't think it was just that she was superstitious and didn't think it was good to talk about names, you know, for really light reasons. I mm-hmm. thought it was, you know, she was really afraid, wanted to make sure they got off this island so she could have the baby. Definitely. And uh, was pretty worried about that. But Jen says he wants her, if it's a girl, to be named Ji Yeon. And uh, Sun's beginning to wonder if the people on the, that landed on the island are truly planning to rescue them because they've right. been there for a while and nothing's happened. And she questions Dan about, you know, about all of this, and he says it's not really his call. And Sun tells Jen to gather t- food for two days because they're going to Locke's camp. Uh-huh. And this goes back to this whole issue of, you know, the people who got off the island that we know for sure and how they're divided between two different camps. Yeah. And it looked, you know, for at least a while, like Sun and Jen were going to, you know, sh- jump to another camp too. Right. She tells Juliet that she doesn't believe her about the pregnant women dying on the island. And Juliet later confronts Jen and tells him what's going on, and he understands her, but says, wherever Sun goes, I go. Right. Juliet then tells Jen that Sun had an affair. Wow. Yeah. Man. Was, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I mean... Of all the things he could understand, he understood that. Uh-huh. You know? And I liked how early in the episode they kind of tipped this off. He, Jen it's made the comment better. that I can understand better than I can exactly, talk. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So you know that he understood it. And it just hits him really hard. But what I really loved was Jen's response, you know, over time. Mm-hmm. You know, he went fishing with Bernard and he kind of realizes that the choices he made in the past are pretty much, you know, in most part, what led to her affair. Yeah, they start talking about karma and yeah. all these things. And yeah, and, he, and Bernard makes the comment about, you know, we do good things and, you know, good things happen to us and, you know, the opposite is true also kind of thing. Did you notice, I, I'm pretty, pretty sure that whenever they're, because as Bernard's telling Jen about, um, you know, Rose's cancer and all mm-hmm. these things, and they're talking about karma, as the next scene when it goes back to the freighter, the, on the side of the boat, the boat's name's Karma. No, no, I totally didn't yeah. notice it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, no, I did not pick that up at all. It's. It seems like. I thought I remembered seeing the name of the boat, but it didn't make any sense. 
It, it may not be karma, but it looked like karma to me, and maybe it's just what I was. I may have all to check that. Yeah, out. I, was, I was, you know, <laughs> obviously right after they're talking about, it, I looked up and I was like, that just said karma on the side of the boat. <laughs> it may That's say, so it may crazy. say something like Caramex or something like that, yeah, and I was yeah. thought it said karma, but I'll check that here in a minute. Here, yeah. Uh, so he later comes to Sun and tells her that he knows why she did it. He knows the man he used to be, and anything she did, she did to that man, not him. Uh-huh. And uh, Sun has decided that she doesn't want to go to Locke's camp after all, and she believes Juliet. I just thought that whole scene, I mean, we've, we're kind of selling it short here, but it was awesome. It was. It I was mean, pretty the, intense. And talk about a huge change in his personality from the beginning of the show to now. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he had found out earlier, like in season one or two, that she had had an affair, oh, man. it would have been ugly. Yeah, it would have been really bad. Yeah, that was it was really, really intense. I mean, even the way he initially responded, it was kind of like he was blown away and hurt. Yeah. But, like... He, he had already like, kind of accepted it, I thought. Yeah, he didn't blow up. He just kind of got his fishing poles and was like, I'm going to go fishing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going like, to go fishing. Yeah, you know, was just, <laughs> I don't know. It was, like you said, it was a huge scene. Yeah. Uh, in such a huge scene for Juliet, like a desperation mm-hmm. that she had. It's like, I will do anything to keep you from, right. uh, from the stand on this island. Yeah, which totally, I mean, we've had it over and over again, just... It lends to her credibility. Yeah, exactly. Because she's gone through so much and experienced so much with these women dying Mm -hmm. over and over again, and she's worked really hard to save them. And now it's like she has the opportunity to try and save one, and she's not going to let it go no matter what. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now we get to the whole uh, flashback slash flash forward thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the future, we see Sun starting to have contractions. Right. Uh, She calls the hospital for an ambulance and says that she thinks something is wrong. And Jen, meanwhile, is on the hunt for a large stuffed panda bear and says he has to get to the hospital. Excellent writing throughout Uh this whole thing. And uh, Sun's in the hospital and just about ready to give birth, and she's asking for them to get Jen. And she gets closer and closer to having the baby and is trying to delay things until he gets there, but eventually she can't wait any longer and has the baby. So Jen arrives at the hospital with the panda mm-hmm. and runs to the hospital room. It turns out that he was presenting the panda as a gift for one of Mr. Pike's business associates yep. and that everything we had seen of him was actually a flashback mm-hmm. and uh, that they had only been married for two months at that time. Right. And while Jen's or Sons was a flash forward to mm-hmm. the future. Later, Hurley shows up at Sons' house to see her and the, and the baby. Uh, Hurley comments that the baby looks just like Jen. You can tell by her face that something is wrong. Right. My son's face. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hurley says they should go see him, and they arrive at the graveyard. And she tells him, you know, with the, that the delivery of the baby was really hard on her, and the doctor told her that she was calling his name, and that she named the baby just as he had wanted G. Young. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I mean... It totally messed my mind up, man. It it totally six sense me there for you know, as I was like, What? You know, what's going on here? And and whenever he was like you know, when he said, you know, he came up to the door and he said he he worked for you know, Mr. Pike mm-hmm. or Pike <clears throat> Yeah, Pike, yeah. Pike. Um, I was like, the heck, he gets off the island and goes back to work for him? Yeah. You know, I'm like, what what is this? You know, and and are they separating, mm-hmm. you know, the two? Yeah. And, and but, ne- you know, then it kind of, I'm like, I get, have the aha moment. And then right. I was like, I try to think, like, why Jen would be dead, mm-hmm. you know? And the only, you know, there's, the only thing I could think about is that 
whatever happened to like Desmond or whatever could have happened to him coming back mm-hmm. or he did everything he could to get son back, which in return he ended up getting killed for, you know, right. I, you know, just, it's all speculation. There's no reason in my mind to think that why he would be dead, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, yeah. And that's, that's one interesting thing. I don't know if, did you notice the dates on the, the tombstone? I didn't. What did he say? It was said that he died on September 22nd, 2004, which was the date of the plane crash. Yeah, and that's the other thing I told my wife. I was like, there's only one other explanation. He's still on the island. Mm-hmm. And and he has a tombstone has, because, because they have, they, they faked because it. of the lie that they're, they're talking about. Yeah, but I was like, and I said, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. However, why do you go to a tombstone to, you right. know, if you're... Well, but if 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 that's the case... You know that tombstone may be the closest connection she has to him right now. Yeah, maybe, but like, I mean, I mean, yeah, she could just sit at home and think about him, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I mean, the last thing I'd want to think about is like him being dead. You yeah, know, if I knew he was true. alive. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm. You know, if I was Hurley, I'd be like, well, let's talk about him. You know, I know it's bothering you. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't say, well, let's go see him. Yeah. You no, know, I just. But that's the only thing that really makes sense to me. And I, and I was telling yeah. now last night, I was like. I believe he's on the island, uh-huh. you know, and they they have to act like he's dead, mm-hmm. and you know this that and the other, and maybe this whole thing is them going to the graveyard is part of like the selling the fact that he is dead. Right. They, people are watching him, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, you know, it'd be natural for the, if we got you and I got together for us to go visit his gravesite. Right. You know. The only thing that just hit me though is Hurley says, "Let's go see him." Exactly him. Yeah. It and wasn't, you know, let's go, you know, act like we're seeing it. Exactly. Jen, you know. So, I, I mean, unless they have a real good explanation why he's dead, I assume he's still on the, the island. On the island, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, yeah, just huge, huge stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really sad to think about him being dead and us having to wait to find out exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. And uh, that she got off the island, had the baby, but he wasn't there with yeah. her. Yeah, you know? and, and she was... It's fresh enough, or um, with her in the hospital, this also lends to that whole what we were just talking about. But like her being in the hospital under medication, you know, you mm-hmm. say stuff that's more accurate and, and real. You don't have that filter. Right. You know, she was either it was close enough that he died just like recently that mm-hmm. it was like oh, she was calling out for him, or he's still alive. Right. And there's no separation there when she's on that medication, she's calling out for him. Right. You know? Yeah, and of course, you know, at the grave, she's she's saying lots of things that could be taken either way. You mm-hmm. know, I miss you, all this stuff. And yeah. you, don't, you don't know exactly which way it is. Exactly. And, I mean, it'd be nice if they had gave her, given her a line to definitively say, yeah. like, I can't wait to, you know, I can't wait to see you again. But then we would have thought yeah, she was exactly. talking about something Some else. other world. But like, yeah. when you get off the island, <laughs> I, can't I can't wait to wait see to you see again you when you again. get off the island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But yeah. for now, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the heck's going on here. So, uh, and great feedback here from BCK Lockhart on the forums. He says, a lot of people picked up on the dual flash forward, flash back theme in this episode. I did not. Uh, when Jen delivered the panda to the hospital and said that he had just gotten married, I actually thought that Jen and son had divorced mm. and, and Jen was remarried. I did do. I actually remember thinking that briefly too. Yeah. I was totally confused. Then we see that Jen was dead and I was sad for son. With all that she went through in the past and her questioning her love for Jen 
then finally seeming to resolve her feelings on the island and then lose him, very sad. So that left the big question. Who was the final member of the Oceanic Six mm-hmm. if it wasn't Jen? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about that because I was like, if it wasn't Jen, who else would they bring off? And then I thought, well, maybe they're counting the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. You know, like, I, you know, maybe they're, they're assuming that. And then I was like, nah, there's probably, there's at least one other person. And, and, um, I couldn't, I, I don't know who it would be. I mean, I don't, I'm assuming it's not Juliet or uh-huh. I think there'd be some kind of reference of Jack and, right. you know. Right. And I won't spoil who it was, but I will tell you that after this episode aired the original time, uh-huh. they had, um, a spoiler. Again, not, well, it was a spoiler, but it was, it wasn't supposed to be the promos for the next week. They showed, they said, they said something about the Oceanic Six and they actually flashed the pictures of who all the people were. Oh. And we didn't know yet who the other person was. Oh, okay. And it's like, what the heck? Yeah, that's (laughs) kind of weird. That's, it's of all this secrets. And there's all this stuff that goes on because ABC does those promos independently of the creators Mm. of the show. So it's kind of like they just show whatever they want. And a lot of times it's like they spoil stuff that was going on, you know, in the show a week ahead. Well, that's good to know. I won't watch any of the promos yeah. in season six. No doubt. But uh, yeah, the, uh, anyone else, if you want to get us some feedback about future episodes, you can go to the forums at lostmysterypodcast.com forward slash forums. And uh, you can go into the podcast episode discussion section and post notes for upcoming shows there. And we will read them out as we can. And I will remind you just to keep spoilers light on the episode discussions. Pr- please try not to mention anything that we don't already know as of that episode. Um, otherwise I won't be able to read it here. So we keep from spoiling Anton. Mm-hmm. So uh, anything else from the episode? Um, the only thing I had was um, I hadn't turned off the commentary on this episode. So uh-huh. I had to call you last night, like at 11 yeah. and I was like, <laughs> dude, is this supposed to be having like commentary over it? Cause I was like, what? Cause what it starts off is like the, one of the editors directed this one you know, Uh this episode. And I'm like, is this like his take on it? Is this like, he's Uh like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to start off. We're going to be using commentary. Like Uh we're, you know, and I'm like, where are they going with this Uh story? You know, I was like, I I couldn't, as I I went back to the previous episode and I wasn't doing it. And then I called you. So don't watch them with the, um, the commentary turned on. You'd be really confused. Yeah. I can't imagine how much worse that would make things. I I had no idea what was going on. So, yeah, they, they were trying a new, like, plot device to have, like, a narrator for everything. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, wow. I mean, it was interesting <laughs> to hear the commentary, but not over the story. So. Yeah, the com- that's a good good note. There are some really cool things in the commentary. Some of them, well, they'll have, like, large groups of the cast that will mm-hmm. actually talk about the episode and everything. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the last thing I have, and I cannot believe that I forgot about this, is the contest <laughs> for the whole season three about the calls. I mean, it's, it's no surprise who won. Obviously, it was uh, our good friend Jed. Um, he, he called in. I, I can't remember now what the number was, but it was at least twice as much as anybody right. else. Yeah. So, so, Jed, you have got seasons one through four, you know, coming to you on DVD. And um, I'm not sure what we'll do about season five. Maybe we'll just wait and have another contest for that, contest yeah. for that later. Okay. Um, but, yeah, season one through four on DVD. And, of course, if you've already got them or don't want them or whatever, you can always forfeit your prize to Anton yes, over here. Yes, I love forfeit, people <laughs> forfeiting prizes. You people know. who default on their prizes are just yeah, awesome. But, that's great. But, yeah, get in touch with me, and you know how to do so, and um, we'll get your DVDs to you. 
So everyone, thanks so much for listening. We are coming so close to our 100th episode of this show. I can't believe wow. it. And we are coming extremely close to the end of season four. And we're going to be going into season five within the next like two weeks, I think. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. And oh, man, it's, it's going to be really awesome. The discussions are going to start turning from me trying to with, withhold what I know to you and I just trying to figure out what the heck's going on in yeah. the show really well, soon. What do you think when I get to that point? Do you think I should like get involved, get involved in some of these like you know, we had a, we had, they had read a, uh, we had read an email that said um, mm-hmm. something about the fact that there's so much out there and there's these theories and it yeah. helps kind of give you more of a in-depth look at the show. Yeah. But I wonder if when I get to that point, if we should, if I should look at yeah. anything and everything. I think what we should do is um, once we get an episode or two into season five, I can start sending you some podcasts and stuff and some i mean i hate to make you you know sit and read theories and right. stuff. definitely not but right. um but just to kind of immerse you more in the whole world of, of the complete like obsession of loss right and the people out there because it really is amazing and it gives you a totally different respect right. for the show and um so we'll do that okay and like i said over the hiatus we will actually look at some of those mysteries and theories in depth mm-hmm. and talk about them okay. on the show Great. But yeah, I'm so looking forward to this. I mean, season five is blowing my mind. Um, just like season four feels very different from the other seasons, season five is the same way. It okay. just feels totally different. And so I'm excited to talk about it. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. On Sunday, we'll be discussing Meet Kevin Johnson. And um, a spoiler, I guess we already know who Kevin Johnson is, so it's not yeah. a spoiler. It's a Michael-centric episode. And we finally get to find out what happened to him after he left the island. So until then, you all have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765 435-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.